Why do you say that, Father? You aren't afraid, are you? No. But I respect some of the superstitions of others. Often, they are founded in fact. Broadcasting live from our Sanctum Sanctorum in Venice, California. This is the Sixth Sense Society. I'm your host, Krista, here with our producer, Michael. And today we are excited to have back on the show Diane Zingali, who came on before to talk about the Knights Templar. And today she's going to be talking about the the Fraternity of the Hidden Light. She is the Grand Cancellaria of this fraternity as well as a Knights Templar and a Continental Mason. So we're going to be talking about that and some exciting event coming up around the Mystery School. But before we get started, Michael has a few announcements. Hi, everybody, and thanks again for tuning into our broadcast. I'm not going to take too long. Um, just to remind you guys that we have some really great stuff coming up in October. We're going to have another Spell It Out to start the month. And then we're going to have a two-hour paranormal special with all of our paranormal friends, Mystic Mitten and Craig Owens and Holly, Jeff Mandel. Um, maybe a few others joining us in. So so stay tuned for that. Um, we're going to have Jackie Smith and Madam Zilemma back and do a little bit of witchcraft stuff. So get us all in the Halloween spirit. So we've got lots of great shows coming up. So and check out all the information on our website, sixcentsociety.com, S-I-X-T-H, all spelled out. Um, while you're there, if you can afford to, buy us a coffee on Ko-Fi. It helps to cover our production cost, and we'd certainly appreciate it. Um, or subscribe to our newsletter. And please, if you enjoy the broadcast, then click subscribe on YouTube. That's one of the best things you can do to help us, because as we build our subscribers, YouTube takes us more seriously, and they start promoting us more. So click that subscribe button, and we will appreciate it. So with that, I'm going to kick it back to Krista. So take it away, Krista. Great. Thank you, Michael. And welcome, Diane. Oh, thank you for having me. Of course, we loved having you before, so we're really happy to have you back on. Uh, so I thought maybe we could start with just talking about what exactly is the Fraternity of the Hidden Light. Well, the Fraternity of the Hidden Light, or Fraternitas Lux Occulta, is a, um, it's been around about 40 years. Uh, we are a Golden Dawn tradition, so descended well from the Golden Dawn through um, some members of the OTA and into uh, the present. We focus on um, the work of Paul Foster Case, but in addition, uh, we're really moving into the Aquarian age. We are a great diversity of traditions uh, going towards the light. And um, we, we, we teach we have uh, courses, uh, you know, correspondence courses uh, on, online. We, we have virtual study groups that have been, you know, we used to do them in person. Now, since the pandemic, we're all virtual and we have people from all over the world. And we have lodges all over the world for people who want to do uh, in-person ritual work that are now starting to get going again this equinox since the pandemic. Um, so we, we are a mystery school. So, yeah, I, I did notice on the website there you talk about being an Aquarian Age esoteric order of the Western 
mystery tradition. And and just as a kind of curiosity, because I've done a little, I'm doing a little research on who thinks the Aquarian age has started, who thinks it's going to start, and it's so diverse. Uh, I'd love to hear your group's view on whether or not it started, and if it hasn't, when would it start? Uh, we think we're here now. Yeah, it's 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 here now. And uh, you know, about three years ago, our structure shifted to from a more hierarchical top down to we still have the traditional three three chiefs of the order, which are equal people, and we also have a um, a grand lodge of uh, of about seven who have equal votes and we try to do things unanimously. So uh, it may take a little longer, but um, you know, rather than having the one head honcho who dictates to everybody else, we don't, we don't run that way anymore. That's Piscean age. We're, uh, we're Interesting. And, and, and how did that come to happen? It sounds like since it's so recent, was that just something the group decided or? It, 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 uh, Someone uh, the uh, had resigned, and we restructured, and you know we've always had three chiefs, but mm-hmm. um, we decided to uh, to uh, to change, and it's been a, it's been a good thing. We have a um, a strong uh, well, we have uh, the 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 first order are um, as part of the school, and then the second order, and and we've we've continued. Um, pretty much um, and expanded. We're, we're going more to a model like a uh, university mm. where people in the second order are doing research and on various esoteric topics. Cause you like, it, it can take a lifetime to go really deep into say alchemy or astrology. Sure. And people follow their passion. I mean, our, our, the main point of what we do is to help individual members connect with their own inner divinity, their inner higher self. And then when that connection comes through, that will determine what you study, what you, where you go. Um, the first order is a, a foundation of balancing the personality to get ready to do that. And so we, we, uh, we have grade work and packets and degrees and, and to help people through. And so when people uh, enter the order, do they have a sort of mentor or more a, a person they sort of go to for some of the guidance or more than one person? Well, if you join our uh, uh, probationer courses, we have uh, a team of the directors of probationers who, uh, as you go through the coursework, we're, all, we're, we're there, we, we look at the, the homework, we mentor, we we help, but when you actually join the first order, uh, would be initiation into a working lodge, and within a lodge, uh, you might you might uh, gravitate to a particular mentor. Uh, the chiefs of that lodge will be watching out for you and and helping, but um, you know most people will. Um, no, it, it depends. Some people want to study esoteric topics, and that's pretty much what they want to do. And other people uh, are looking to take that path of doing ritual work, and that would uh, involve getting uh, initiated into a lodge and, and meeting uh, regularly, usually monthly, for, uh, for group uh, ritual. And there, there are, are lodges around the world now, is that correct? 
Oh yeah, we've had lodges around the world for a while. We have um, uh, our main centers right now are um, there's one there's Dallas, there's Boston, there's Northern California, Southern California. There's then uh, there are people in Phoenix, there are people in Denver, there's people in uh, a group in Europe, there's a, a big group in Latin America uh, and Australia and Tokyo. And uh, so there's Mexico, there's Venezuela, there's Colombia, there's lots of uh, either lodges or study groups around the world. So I'm curious, I know you said you uh, built on Paul Foster case uh, somewhat, and how does this differ then from what, you know, the correspondence course that, that is offered through BOTA? And when they founded it, what was sort of the reasoning to create another mystery school? Well, uh, BOTA uh, started with Paul Foster Case and the work of Ann Davies. And, um, you know, I don't want to, I mean, they do what they do. Uh, we've, uh, we're going back to maybe the Paul Foster Case lessons uh, or, or teachings of uh, the, you know, the, or the early stuff from the 20s, which I think was much more uh, detailed. Uh, but we do a lot more. I mean, uh, we're, um, I think we focus more on ritual work. Mm. Um, you know, I, 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 I don't really, uh, I, I, I was a member of BOTA. I don't, I know, and some of our people have come from BOTA, but I, I don't really know enough to, 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 to say, and, it, you know, I, 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 you know, contact them if you want to know about them. Uh, but they, I think they do mostly correspondence courses, but I, I don't know uh, about, about uh, lodge work with them. So lodge work focus for us. So is the ritual built built on some of the Golden Dawn ritual, or did you create your own unique rituals? Well, it it, it will look similar to. Uh, I mean, I, I've got obligation. I can't say too much detail about it. I can say it'll look familiar to people who do Golden Dawn. I mean, there are I mean, if that's going, but we're not, um, we're not really, uh, we're much more open to uh, people doing research in the esoteric arts and we're gathering a lot of, a lot of information and there's things from other traditions. So some people are working traditional Kabbalah, some people are working in, um, you know, Greek and Egyptian, some people are working in, with the Hebrew, it's it, it's uh, it's a Rosicrucian order, and at, at its base. So does that ha- does it have sort of uh, grades then that you go through ritualistically, like a sort of sequence um, that a candidate goes through to, as they um, you know understand more? Yeah, you come in as more. a neophyte, and and then you know the, it's the, the same grades as the Golden Dawn, you know, a one ten, two nine, three eight. Four seven is the first order, and then uh, a portal into the second order, which would be a tepereth. So the five six grade, and then above. I, I did look at. Uh, I was just kind of curious. I was looking at some of the articles that are on your uh, the website for um, the school, and I saw one about um, 
recommended reading books. And I, I always like to see what people recommend to read. And I noticed there were quite a few Dion Fortune books, which I, I love her. I've, I think I've read yeah. most of her work and I adore her writing. And uh, she just seemed like a very remarkable person too. I'm a big fan of Dion Fortune. I mean, that's, that's, that's actually how I got started in, in, um, in the esoteric uh, studies when I was 19, you know, we, we started doing the rituals from her fiction of sea priestess and moon magic. And next thing you know, you're, you're connected with ISIS and things happen. Um, and so things like that are possibilities within FLO. We're a big uh, unity of a diversity, a big tent. So people can, can explore uh, things that work for them. Uh, and as I said, all paths lead to the light. So that all paths that lead to the light are welcome. Yeah, I, I wish our, we're still working on updating our website, you know, but I, I think that list of books goes, you know, has been there for, for years and years, but they're, they're oldies, but goodies. <laughs> well, it, it, it was, there were some very good books on it. So I'm sure one can always add more books, but in terms of just what I saw, I, I thought, wow, these are all really, they're all good. I, I mean, I, I found that Dion Fortune's book on the initiative, being initiative, initiate is very difficult, <laughs> uh, very dense. I mean, she writes a lot in, there's a lot of her writing that I know I have to go back and reread because it's just so dense and full of, knowledge and um and besides the the sort of more um intuitive aspect of it all yeah we're also updating because again golden dawn was turn of the last century and there uh and was started by a bunch of of masons and uh you know right uh, so so they they kind of had that um you know uh, if you read Paul Foster case, some of the uh, writings are not what you'd call politically correct right now because mm. of, of the way things were viewed, were viewed back then in terms of, of other cultures or various. Uh, and uh, you know, we're, we're, we're equal. Everyone's equal. We want to be tolerant. We, you know, that's uh, again, like masonry, we're, you know, you're tolerant of, of other, other people. Now, if a person is interested in joining, um, I have sort of two questions. How would they find out and what would they need to do to join? What is your process of accepting people? Well, the first, the first thing you would do uh, would be to sign up for the probationer courses that uh, we've just moved to a wonderful new platform called uh, Thinkific so that uh, you can, uh, instead of the old way was paper and then it was sending PDF. And now you can go into this uh, pr uh, commercial professional course system, download your lessons, keeps track of your progress, upload your homework. The people who are the team who's mentoring can see everything and, and be there. We have a community forum that's sort of like Facebook on there. So to start, uh, you would join the probationers classes, which would uh, give you an idea of, of uh, what we do. What we do. We, the start is the threshold course. And then we have uh, one called Laws of Success, Fundamentals of Tarot, Path of Return, uh, Practical Astrology for the Kabbalist, and finally Elements of Ceremonial. So if you go through the probationer lessons, uh, that will give you a really good foundation. 
you don't, uh, once you've started the threshold, uh, the next step would be if you're interested in ritual work would be to uh, be initiated into a lodge. And um, if there isn't one in your vicinity, uh, it is still possible to join and be an at-large member, which would require attendance, usually on equinoxes. So we ha- regularly have people affiliated with our lodges who fly in from somewhere twice a year mm. um, to do ritual. Uh, but otherwise, we usually meet once a month, and some some groups meet a few times a month. You know, and, and then the study groups are on top of that. And about roughly how long does it take to go through the threshold course? The threshold course, I believe, is uh, a year and a half. Uh, and it could take maybe five years to go through the whole set if you if you were going to do that. Um, but they're self-paced, so you, you go at your own, your own pace. Um, and then uh, it, it depends on how deep you want to go in, in very, you know, you might, the path of return is about uh, uh, the tree and the paths on the tree. The, the fundamentals of tarot goes deep into tarot. And, um, you know, again, it depends on what, what speaks to you, where, where your interest is. Sure. Now, I know that some of the um, lodges and mystery schools have struggled a little bit with drawing in younger people. And uh, have you noticed um, an increase in younger people's interest? They do seem interested in uh, obviously metaphysical things, very young people. But as far as, you know, joining these schools, what is it like for for you folks? We have a real mix. We have, you know, uh, some of us older people. And then we also have people, uh, you know, in their 20s and 30s coming in as well. And some of whom are very, very energetic. Reaching out, you know, we've um, was just we we have this virtual conclave coming up. It's our second annual one, and we made a lot of connections with the one that we held a year ago. But we're still uh, learning how to deal with. I mean, it was enough for me to figure out Facebook. Now we're trying to deal with Instagram and all those other things that uh, uh, younger people use to mm-hmm. to to find out and. Uh, I'm 66. I'm not fluent in in that, but we we have a, a, a we're getting help. <laughs> yeah, it it does really help. Even having a small presence, um, and I did notice. I think maybe when I first interviewed Christopher, there wasn't much on Instagram, and I do notice that you you're improving some of your um, social media present uh, presentation and. Um, otherwise you're, you're too hidden. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, 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 we're, we're starting to, uh, get some professional help. Like the, the people who are, are doing the, uh, the virtual conclave, you know, where you can do a hundred people on, or people on the song, you know, uh, put things on Instagram and, and, and get, get things out regularly um, so, so we're, we're, you know, we're we're working we're working so the virtual conclave what what is the purpose and what is it going to sort of cover uh and when is it going to be okay uh october 10th 
is coming up October 10th. Our first one was a year ago, and the format went so well that we are doing that again. And let me just look at the schedule here. Uh, it might be easiest. It, it, it's going to go all day. It might be easiest to just, just read some of the panel titles sure. and have a clue about what we're doing. Uh, last year, we were focused on healing because of the pandemic. This year, uh, the, the theme is Promises of the Ageless Wisdom. Like, what do you get from doing esoteric studies? Why, why are we here? You know, what, what, will, what, will you, what, what will you gain from studying uh, ceremonial magic of this sort? So uh, the first panel will be a panel on, of, of uh, a bunch of the uh, presenters on how to encounter the age of Aquarius. And second one will be how the mind is calling us through music and popular fiction, Mm. comics, movies, and literature. Mm -hmm. So it's about the symbols and how those work. You know, you know, know, magic works through your subconscious and the symbols that come in or do that. Uh, The next one is, is the philosopher's stone made of water? So it's about alchemy. Mm. and then there'll be, uh, you know, uh, at one point, the, each of the three chief, chiefs will talk about their area. Uh, the cancel area, like me, we, we work with communication. So I'll, I'll have a brief thing about communication. Then we're having a break. Then we'll start. Uh, the next talk is magic starts with vision. And so it'll be about how does magic work? The one after that is simply Aquarius. So we will be talking about how we are in this Aquarian age and what that means. Uh, the next one is Saturn is also involved and it is great because it is freedom. So that, that'll be about astrology. Mm. And then the next one will be Kabbalistically out of the box. Uranus is also he, also there. Um, just a few more. Then there is what is the fool looking at? So we'll be talking about <laughs> I like that. <laughs> what happens, you know, and then in you know an invitation for people to um, to join us, and then we're going to have a a, a a bit of a meditation, and we'll go in every Sunday. We've been doing a healing med- meditation since March of 2020. Wow! And, uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's open to everybody, mm-hmm. and we'll be doing that to close out. If you want to know more about Fraternity of Hidden Light, uh, uh, go to lvx.org. That's our website. And in the calendar section are listed all the uh, study groups. We have sometimes two, three, four of them a week mm. uh, in various, the, the local study groups from various lodges have been online during the pandemic and now everybody's joining from all over the place. So right now we're working, uh, we have a group working on uh, alchemy uh, and another group is working on the 12 labors of Pericles, Mm. which is tied to the Zodiac, which is also tied to that path Mm. of uh, uh, attracts the alchemical 12 stages. Mm -hmm. Um, We've got a series going on magical alphabets. Uh, we have a group uh, looking at the I Ching and Western Hermetic connections. You know mm-hmm. how do how are they relate? You know how's East and West 
uh, esoteric studies working. So we were looking at uh, Wilhelm's eight lectures on the Ching. Mm. So that's one group doing that. And then another study group, um, the topic varies uh, month to month. So it was just, it, it, you just have to keep tuned. Wow, it's and really another diverse. Group's doing, there's two tarot classes going on right now, too. That's wonderful. It's very diverse. I love that. It does sound very Aquarian. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then for the conclave, you would go to flo hyphen virtualconclave.com and there you can see the schedule how to participate how to sign up uh to join our 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 webinar uh and and zoom meeting it's ten dollars uh because that pays for simultaneous translation since a big chunk of our order uh is in uh, America or Spain and work in Spanish. Some of the presenters might present in Spanish, so we'll have simultaneous translation into English. And then the people who are presenting in English will have simultaneous translation into Spanish, you know, mm-hmm. with professionals. So to cover that cost, we, we're, we're charging uh, for it. It'll also... Um, and that then that will be live, and then you can ask questions via the chat. Um, it will be possible for people. Uh, you know, last year's conference is on our um, is on YouTube, and uh, if you go, you know, you can you can you can see the conclave from last year, which was a similar set of topics mm-hmm. um, throughout the day. Mm. Yeah, it sounds really fascinating. So uh, going back a little to um, your own involvement, um, how did you actually get involved with this particular uh, order? Because I know you have a very rich uh, background in the spiritual, esoteric, and even uh, Buddhist world. I've been all over the place. I, I started <laughs> in uh, when I was 19 and an engineering freshman student at MIT. I ran into a Wiccan coven that uh, I joined in Boston area. And from there, they had just after I joined in 73, they decided to switch over to working ceremonial magic. So they had, you know, the Golden Dawn material and all that stuff that had been published. And they took it and the rituals from Dion Fortune's fiction and they wrote their own rituals and, and, and started working in, in this tradition. And I was doing that for years. I had 17 years in Tokyo and I was doing that. And so when I, uh, about 35 years ago, I met a member of FLO who had been coming to Japan. And, um, when I returned, uh, to this country from my stay in Japan, from 84 to 2001, uh, he suggested I get involved with uh, FLO. And um, so that's, you know, that was the connection that got me into uh, this particular order. And I worked my way up from, you know, when you join any group, uh, you put on your white belt and work on, work your way up the grades. And uh, here I am now in the Grand Council area. <laughs> And so. you mentioned that briefly. Uh, you you work with communications. What what are other responsibilities with that role? Okay. Well, if you if you look at a, a tra- traditional order of this sort, you have a, a 
prolocutor who is uh, responsible for uh, like the curriculum and and overseeing that sort of stuff is basically like like the the uh, yeah you know, the the curriculum and what you work what what uh, the work will be and then um, the uh, second chief would be the imperator imperatrix who is like the treasurer and the cancellaria cancellarius is sort of like the secretary so in, as the secretary of the lodge I'm responsible for communications with the outside world sending stuff to the members uh, that sort of thing so it's it's a um, a standard uh, uh, Golden Dawn three chief type of system. Now we d- the thing that's different is our prolocutor isn't yeah you know, the three chiefs are equal. Mm-hmm. You know I th- I think in in uh, some orders you know the prolocutor or gra- uh, prolocutor general sort of outranks everybody else. Mm-hmm. We don't run that way. And are you are they elected positions? Um. They're not elected. Uh, well, it, it, they're sort of, um, I guess, elected by the board. I mean, the board will offer it to someone, and you know, and you know, it, it, the whole point is service. Um, it's it's um, it's a lot of work. I bet. <laughs> so so you know, you, I kind of I think the best chief is someone who doesn't want the job, you know, because you don't want ego involved in it. You want someone who is going to do the work and serve, you know, someone who's working for the good of the order, working for the good of the lodge, for the good of, of the, the, the family. I mean, we're, we're, we're a family. We're, uh, it's, it's important that we take care of the members. It's not like a hierarchy. It's a family. Mm-hmm. Though, even though there is some hierarchy in there, but, you know, as people work their way up the grades. Now, w- Talking about service, um, this is something I think a lot about, uh, the idea of what constitutes service to humanity. And I'll tell you why, and I'd like to hear your opinion. Um, Maybe growing up as a woman, still in a culture where no matter what, it was still kind of a given that I would be a nurturer. But let's say I'm a woman that wants to go and invent things. And I want to have a lot of time to go and invent my crazy ideas. And isn't that also serving humanity in the sense that if I'm being true to myself? So I think that word service for me has a a little bit of a connotation because of how I grew up. And because you also began by saying how part of your job is to help people get in touch with the true self and to once you that true personality. So I'd like to hear you your comments about that idea. Yeah, well, it's I, I, feel that once you're connected to the inner and you hear that inner voice, it's different for everybody. And that'll tell you, direct you to what, what's your purpose in life? Why are you here? Um, when I, when I, you know, say serve, I was thinking, you know, again, in the sense of uh, the chiefs trying to serve the lodge for the good of the lodge rather than for, um, for any other reason of ego. Because um, yeah, in a sense, if you're going to do this work, you have to integrate your shadow. You have to work on, on your, you know, the, the lower self and, and have 
the uh, thing that drives you be what's what you come what comes to you through the higher self it's like it's like the the hierophant key you know there you're listening for that intuition to come through and uh and it's different for everybody you know what 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 service uh uh you know some are healers some are um, you know, some some are invent things. You know, others are uh, you know nurture uh, you know uh, children. It's mm-hmm. different for everybody. Yeah, and and it's just something I I have noticed when pe- at least some people use that word, and they tend to favor certain personalities by that word. And I agree with you. What services and uh, one of the things about the whole idea of the personality um, that I found interesting was how Deanne Fortune. And one of her books talks about building a very specific kind of personality that holds this true self. And I'd never, it was just the way she talked about it was so insightful and interesting. And it made me understand the use of personality in a spiritual context. And I, I love that about, about her writing. Yeah, she talks about building a magical personality. And we, we also uh, teach about that. Because, uh, you know, it's a matter of, of, uh, you know, we're not uh, great adepts right now. You know, that might be the goal, but we're we're on our way there. And and part of how you get there is balancing the lower personality, but also creating an image of, of what, who is that great adept that you're going to be and how, you know, to help you get there. And... And then uh, working with that personality, because I think Dean Fortune says it's like having a bow. You don't keep it stretched tight all the time. So, you know, not always that's on that peak of tension when the magic's happening. Yeah, you got to let the, let like it go, go at some point. <laughs> no, and, and yeah, and, you uh, have to have your downtime. And she, the unfortunate used to embroider. You know, she'd sew sew robes and things to to have her downtime. So it's it, it, part. I think uh, part of uh, my work has always been making the mundane magical. No matter what you're doing, it's if you it's how you view it. You know, are you doing the laundry or are you consecrating the clothes you know you gotta look at uh it's a frame of mind and taking that time to connect with the light i mean even just uh, go out and breathe some sunlight in in the garden you know to to realize that you know all the the little stuff that you're running around with day to day and in your mundane jobs or whatever uh, to take that time out to reach for the higher and think think about the connection to to reinforce it. It's so true, and and also it's very enjoyable when you see the ordinary world as the magical world. There's no separation, and and you can have just really interesting things happen with a squirrel running by. You know, <laughs> so at least I, I do. Uh, I'm such a nature person. Well, that's the key. We're all one in this wonderful universe. You know, I mean, it's a Buddhist idea. Yeah, you know, we're not, you know, the, 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 the separation is an illusion. But, you know, you have to 
think about it to to uh, get that sense of connection. And if you do that, you love everybody because they're all part of you. Everybody, yeah, <laughs> even the people you can't stand that help you. And, and the fact if you can't stand them, it probably means they have some aspect of yourself that you need to confront. And uh, you know, the, the, it's it's a matter of of treating everyone kindly and and learning from it. But it's not. Um, but it also isn't being uh, too weak. You know, the, right. Mars done correctly uh, protects the weak. So, you know, it's, it's, it's finding that balance. It is. And, and actually, I actually recently came to this conclusion that it's actually okay sometimes if I don't like somebody, but I still am going to treat them based on how I believe one should be treated. And so it is an interesting practice to be decent to people that are, are in a way they're, 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 they're not responding or they don't you know, they're not really very nice people. Um, because to me, and this is where I'm at, it's more important that I'm honest with how I feel about people and then try to, you know, increase my ability to act in accordance to my higher principles. And so that's, that's what recently I was thinking about because of someone that has irked me for about three years in my neighborhood. (laughs) So. <laughs> no, matter, no matter what group you're in, there's going to be that, that one person that pushes your buttons. And to work as a team means to be able to, uh, you know, like in a Masonic Lodge, you tolerate other opinions, even if they're not your own view of the world. And hopefully if everyone can be uh, civil and tolerant, then uh, an interesting discussion can happen. But um, also, I, I, I know whenever you point at someone, there's three fingers pointing back. So there's probably, if something irks you, it's probably some part of yourself that you're, that's you're in your shadow that, you know, you're, you're, you're projecting out. But that's, um, no, the, the best thing about a lodge is your brothers and sisters can hold up a mirror to yourself when you're, when you're doing something like that and say, hey, <laughs> and help you uh, realize uh, and grow. It is true that, that that's what relationships do overall, that it's much easier to just kind of be in your own little place and not interact and think you're spiritually evolving and you until you really are tested with the lodge brothers and sisters or with your neighbors or your family. Um, it, it's, a, it's a wonderful way to really see what's going on. <laughs> I also study martial arts, and and I remember uh, a senior person had told me once that anyone can meditate, you know, in an ice quiet room, but you're really showing a higher rank if you can be in that calm state of mind (laughs) and a bar fight is happening around you or something, you know, and, and all hell's breaking. So you need to it's easy to be calm when everything's calm, but to call, to get the ability to keep that calmness no matter what's going on externally and to bring balance and to calm things down just by being in that state, it affects those around you. 
So, I mean, it, it ties into some of my Buddhist studies. I know you also study some Buddhism too. So, yeah, my, yeah. my teacher, uh, Kempo Rinpoche, when we, I was living in North Carolina and we rented a center. It was a really nice house that we could live in and rent the center, but it was on a really busy street. And we were worried about that. And he said, oh, no, that's perfect. You know, it'll help your meditation, the noise. <laughs> so that's when I thought, oh, okay, then it, it is more challenging. But you're right. It, if you can learn to be calm in difficult, loud, or, or aggressive situations, that's the real test. And and certainly it's, it's fine to go off to a retreat if you can, absolutely, you know. But many of us these days have to deal with some kind of noise. And, and if you want to do a daily practice of any kind. And pe- people uh, with the pandemic are going crazy. I mean, just, it's, you know, there's a lot, uh, it seems there's a lot more aggression out there right now. And and if you can counteract that with calm and balance, that's a good thing. You know, I just, you know, thinking, I've only just recently started uh, flying on airplanes again. And, you know, you read the stuff in the news about people attacking people. It's like weird, you know. <laughs> Oh, it's definitely gotten more, and I think that's a combination of things. I think some of it is that many, let's just say a lot of people aren't used to being with themselves like this. And then so the issues come to the forefront of whatever our issues are. You can't like escape them as easily, you know, and just have this because some people have been through the, the pandemic alone, even, you know, in terms of just, you know, physically alone. And I'm sure that was very challenging for people. Yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 sometimes I think about, you know, what, what, why the pandemic now? And it's like the, a, a giant reset on society where people uh, have to think about, you know, what, what's the meaning of why I'm here and, and, uh, you know, all of a sudden, the the this, the pollution went away. The, I, the air was clear. You know, the, there's there's uh, wildlife walking around in the neighborhood. It's it's a uh, the whole uh, the whole world is uh, needs needed a reset. And so, even though it, it's uh, you know it's so tragic and and the stress and uh, the loneliness people have been through with the isolation, it's uh you know there's there's some some good that's uh come out of it well we were talking about earlier before the show too that some of the the things that we had to do as um spiritual groups go on zoom a lot some of that is going to stick around because it allows for more outreach to people that can't come and so you mentioned that you folks were thinking of continuing certain study groups and on uh, virtual um, reality. Oh yeah, we just that decided definitely because uh, uh, we used to have each lodge had its own study group that would meet a couple sometimes uh, uh, weekly or something and open to the public locally, and we've moved those online and it be, makes become so much more rich because you can. Uh, tune in to say the, uh, the the local people are mostly say in Dallas or somewhere, and you've got people from Tokyo, you got people from Australia, you got people from all over the world uh, joining the conversation and making it much more rich. And uh, a local group might be smaller uh, of who's locally attending a study group in person. 
And now uh, it's it's we're going to keep it going because it, it, it makes it much more accessible. And especially to our members who may not be close to uh, or probationers might not have a, a lodge in their city. And it's a way that they can um, they can participate. Yeah, I, I do think that's really uh, wonderful. And, you know, I, I, I have enjoyed that part of Zoom myself. There are just some people like I wouldn't have been able to connect with. And it's been really, uh, initially it was a little odd because, you know, you know I'm, I was like, I didn't know anyone. And then in, in my situation, and then you just, you know, it's just like anything else you go to, you know, <laughs> once you do yeah, it the first time. Group, yeah, all of our study groups, by the way, are open to the public. So it's not just for, for mm-hmm. members of the order, but it's, it's open to anyone and, um, and everyone's welcome. You know, we, we, we have people from other orders, people from, you know, just seekers of all sorts come mm-hmm. in and uh, if they like the topic, they, they join on in. That's really good to know. I didn't actually know that. I, know, I knew some of the, because of Dan, uh, I knew some things he would tell me what was open, you know, and I didn't realize this, all the study groups were open. Yeah, uh, all the study, everything on lbx.org slash calendar, all the, the, all the groups there are open to the public. Uh, anybody can join. Uh, we have uh, some groups that are initiates only, but they wouldn't be publicized on the website. That would you know, right. just be internal. So just from your own uh, point of view, where do you see... Um, the, the school going in terms of the vision um, fitting into the Aquarian age? Do you think that it's one of these um, places more people will come to from different, you know, religions and backgrounds as part of the whole Aquarian idea? Uh, what are your thoughts about that? No, well, we, we, any, this isn't a religion or a cult, so any religion is welcome, any uh, you know, any, any, uh, that's, that's not, uh, what it's about. Our, uh, we are growing. We feel, uh, there's a big energy. We just, we just reopened the, uh, one of the lodges uh, a few days ago and the energy coming through everybody is, uh, we got more, uh, just a lot, a lot of people, especially after being in lockdown with pandemic are just so psyched to be out in person with people. And we, uh, through the courses, we are uh, connecting with a lot of people uh, of all ages, you know. Um, so it's 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 happening, and uh, we're we're growing. It's a good thing. Yeah, I think this could be good for ritual because of the fact that they could people could not do it, and then realize you know, and then also people want more physical contact in general. I think this might be one of the areas that will benefit ritual in general. I mean, I know some people, uh, we haven't been, but I know some groups have been trying to do ritual on on a virtual platform, but the energy just isn't, you're not connected when you, as you are in the same room, in my view, but, you know, it works for some people, but we, you know, we don't do that. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think that personally, I think too that people, should weigh in on it in an honest way because um, I think based on doing both so far, at least the way I've had the experience of of ritual on Zoom, it's been very awkward. And even the flow of the ritual was um, difficult because uh, 
you know, who was leading the group and how it, it was, it was very, and so maybe it could evolve. I think it would probably need to evolve. And that's my honest opinion, uh, because it'd be great in some ways if you could go to a ritual on Zoom and having, like we talked earlier too, that having done most of my ritual work in person in life, um, at this point, I can say my opinion is that it, it's just not really working as well, like literally, like even the physicality of doing the words and the rituals and who's next. And <laughs> it's like, yeah. well, one, one thing that, that, uh, that's important, I think, in in the fraternity of hidden light these days is that we're not like a, trying to be a one size fits all. We're we're letting different things happen and and happen naturally. Um, I I've also I I've been in ISIS circle that meets once a month, and we've been doing that on Zoom. We're going to meet in person um, next week, but. You know, you got it's hard because you got like only one person can chant. Uh, and you got to mute so that you don't have, you know, because if you're all trying to chant together with the latency and it's, um, you know, ritual can be hard. Uh, I mean, it can be done, but mm -hmm. it, it's better in person. That's exactly the point I, I, I wanted to make, the muting part. So I found that necessary, but it also was not good for me because I like the sound of people's voices. Like if you're doing like something in unison, like a chant or, and I uh, understood the, the need to mute. Uh, but so they'd have to improve the way the zoom and ritual to me to make it work like physically. Yeah. You'll, ne you'll never get rid of the latency because it takes time for it to get from here to there, but um, which means you'll be out of phase. But one of the compromises we made is one person is assigned the part and everyone else will hear them and themselves chanting ah. in unison, but you wouldn't get everybody. Oh, you know, so you at least hear you, that. If, if you're, so if there's, a, if there's one person leading a chant for all people and everyone's muted, you hear them and you're chanting with them. So you hear the two of you. Right. But uh, you won't have the, you know, half a second later, everybody else chiming in. So it, it's, um, yeah, it, it, you just have to be, be careful. And also, if you don't mute, sometimes you get the feedback from. Right. Know, and that's a mess. Right. Well, uh, is there anything more you wanted to also sort of say about the conclave coming up? So is there anything uh, else you wanted to add to it since we're, we're getting a little towards the end of the show? Yeah, I would just say uh, it's October 10th uh, and it, it runs all day. Get, go to flo-virtualconclave.com to see the schedule, to sign up, to register. Uh, you have to register so that we can, um, you know, keep track of everybody on, on Zoom with it. Uh, and, um, you know, please join us. It's, it's, it, the first one was a blast, and you can see uh, a replay of the first one on YouTube. Mm -hmm. uh, there's an English one and a Spanish one. Mm -hmm. And the, the new one's coming up uh, in two weeks. So, And what is the... Join. The latest time people can register, because I know sometimes you have to register by a certain time for some of the events. Well, hopefully you'd be registered, uh, you know, like the week ahead, so we have an idea. But uh, I think uh, as last year, they were people registering the same morning. So 
um, you know, it's only, and it's only uh, $10. So, you know, come join us. It's, it's not like it's a, a we're just trying to cover the cost of the uh, professional translators. Sure. Now that's, that's super reasonable, really. So lastly, let, let me, um, in terms of just the topic, I, I would be curious as to see where you personally see your own um, practice going and your own involvement in, in this group and any other spiritual things that you're doing. Uh, what is sort of your, your next steps that you see for yourself? Because I know you retired uh, fairly recently, right? Well, yeah, I retired last March just as the pandemic <laughs> happened, which gives me time for all magic all the time, full time. I'm, I'm devoting full time to to uh, catching up on the book piles of magical books that have been piling up and things that I want to do. But um, I'm just so psyched at the direction that uh, FLO, Fraternity of the Hidden Light, Fraternitas Lux Occulta, that's all us, that our group is going. And um uh, we're growing. I'm excited uh, with that work. But um, I also enjoy other, you know, I enjoy the Buddhism. I enjoy the Isian work. I, I'm, I, if, it, if it goes towards the light, uh, I, uh, again, I'm trying to be open to my inner intuition and just follow where I'm pointed. So it's, it's, I don't have it planned out. It just happens <laughs> uh, as things come up. I have noticed at least um, maybe in the last 10 years that I have been meeting more people that have depth in several traditions. So like, for instance, we just interviewed Jason Miller, and he has a really interesting combination of spiritual practices with with a lot of depth, though, not just sort of jumping around and um, and I'm curious how you approach doing your practices. Is it more of an intuitive method? Do you have a little bit of a, like, I like to do this on a daily basis, or do you switch it up? Because that, that's one of the things I'm just personally curious about. The, the important thing for me is uh, taking that time to connect with the inner connect for me I, I i it works for me in sunlight just to connect with nature and listen and then see what comes uh so rather than you know well i'm gonna do yeah i mean some some groups meet on a certain time in a certain place uh but uh in general my day-to-day is trying to focus on uh what what's where the flow is where the magical uh, flow is and working with it and uh, being open to left turns because who knows where it'll take you. Mm. That's good. And that, that shows a, a, an open mindedness to grow. I feel if you're kind of open, you don't have a sort of set regime that you you're going to do no matter what all the time. Well, it, it, if you're, it, it's not like there's a one size fits all. And also at different times, there are different things you need to work on. And, uh, you know, for example, I mean, uh, when I was doing the Buddhist uh, goma, the fire uh, ceremony, I, what wonderful work with elementals, you know, it's, it's a different way of doing it. But like, that was a blast. I had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, I, I'm interesting. I'm only learning more about the obvious magical practices from Tibet, which even though 
I don't even think I heard about them when I first joined in my 20s. And of course, now there's a lot more publicized. And, and then you start to see they're different, but they're same. Some of the things that go on in, in spiritual practices, that's what at least I'm discovering. Like, oh, said, like you were saying, oh, that's like the elementals, you know, and I said, oh, I can see what this is like, you know, and, and so that kind of fascinates me. That whole. Yeah, and, and when you think about it, it's one universe out there. Different traditions put different names on the different parts of the universe, but it's one same universe, whether you're calling it an archangel or a god form or whatever. It's different cultures are all describing the same universe in and different symbols that, that are related. So uh, that that's the other thing that helps me feel uh, open to other other traditions because they um, they're all talking about the same the uh, underlying uh, divine universe that yeah. we're all one with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, it it's it's really and and I love personally the the whole the color of diversity. You know that it's so rich to have these different ways of the universe expressing itself and all the paths being, to me, diversity is really healthy in all levels. I think it's really Aquarian, too. <laughs> yeah. We're in that age now, other than this, you know, this one, one uh, rigid form of, of any sort. It is very Aquarian. Now, one of the things I, I did come across, one of the, I think it was the, one of the esoteric astrology videos I was watching, they were talking about the Aquarian age being about working with groups. And I thought, well, yes and no, maybe because I grew up with an Aquarian father. <laughs> and Aquarius is also so much about being your true self within yes. the context. So it's a different than the tribalism of Pisces, Pisces age. That's how I think it needs to be sort of considered. You know, yeah. we're getting out of tribalism. And yeah, and, and finding that inner who you really are and taking that path rather than uh, going in a box with a label, you know, that that um, may have anything may not have anything to do with uh, what, the, what the magic's about. Yeah, and, and, and certainly there's a dark side to the technology, which would be the rise of the robots. <laughs> so, and and that, that is is an element that's actually already happened on some level. We don't really consider it, but you look at the smartphone as being, in some ways, making certain personalities robotic in, in that they, they can't separate from it at all. That's another reason why ritual is an in-person physical contact with other people is so important because it's just too easy to look at a screen and, and, and it's, you know, it, it needs to be real, touching real people, doing real, uh, real energy transfer. Absolutely. Flesh and blood, you know, you can't really, I, I hope we don't get beyond that at this point, you know, there is something about it and, and that has to do with, which I know the Rosicrucians are pretty good with the whole understanding of the body and the physicality of, of things so but anyway we are getting close to the end now so i just want to thank okay. you for coming on again that was really a great conversation and we really appreciate you taking the time to do that well thanks for having me it's been fun good join us next time as we continue to explore the esoteric and the obscure together and have a great wonderful week